Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to podcast number 320. Wow, we've got a great show for you this evening. Our special guest is author Denise Alexander Pyle. She's got a book, new book called The Power of Ten, One and Then Zero in Parentheses, A Guide to Living the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule in Modern Times. Very interesting stuff, a lot of it based on uh, Kabbalah teachings. And uh, we're just putting it out there to offer up a new way of thinking, which is an old way of thinking, and see what you think. And that's what we do on Guys Guys Radio. This is a place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So what we like to do is we like to bring out guests who have something new, fresh, sometimes old to say, but offerings that are for seekers, people who are looking for more than just uh, living the reactive life that so often happens in our society and culture here in America these days where you get up, you go to work, you come home, you watch some TV, you have some dinner, you're burned out, you go to sleep, do it again the next day, you have your coffee in the morning, you have your coffee in the afternoon, you have trouble sleeping, you wake up tired, you have coffee again, and that's kind of what happens. So what I'm doing here on Guys Guys Radio is offering guests for our listeners uh, who have researched and done work on wellness, metaphysical healing, uh, positive teachings, relationships, comedians to make you laugh, fantasy sports experts for those guys out there who are interested, and for ladies who are interested also, but all kinds of guests. The whole thing started with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, the story of two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, and power and money. You can pick up the book on Amazon, ebook, physical book. It's in some bookstores. My website, Robert Manny, M A N N I dot com. Got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff about me. I'm all over social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And of course, all, everything's there on my website, robertmanny.com. So that's our little commercial. Let's talk about what's going on in the kind of guys, guys world, if you will. And then uh, we'll get our guest out here, Denise Alexander Pyle. Okay, so here we are in New York City. As I think I've mentioned to you many times, I live up in Harlem. And uh, it's fall here in New York City. And all of a sudden, boom, it got cold. I went out for a run. I run around Central Park. It's a 6.2-mile run, all hills. I've been doing it for years, and it never gets any easier. Though I did have my best time of the year today. I think because it was so cool, I want to get home. Uh, my hands were cold. You know, it's interesting because uh, you can get um, – October is an interesting month. We had a lousy September weather-wise. It was gloomy and rainy and somewhat humid. And then we got into October. We had some nice days at the beginning, and then, boom, it's gotten cold, real cold. Today was in the 40s. It's going to stay in the 40s and even the upper 30s during the week. Maybe it'll hit 50 a couple of times, but 
pretty cool for this time of year. This is like November weather, and the leaves haven't even turned yet, so it's kind of odd. Topsy-turvy weather here in New York. And I remember way back in 1989, I don't know why I remember this, but I do. It's one of those, you know, minor, sometimes some minor thing happens and you remember it. I remember I went to see the Rolling Stones at Shea Stadium at the time. Shea Stadium, Steel Wheels Tour, kind of the Stones' big comeback after not having toured for, I don't know, about 10 years or so. And I wore a T-shirt. It was that warm. And it was, I remember the date, October 26th. And I was like, wow, you know what? It still stays warm through October. Yet a couple of years later, I remember October 15th, it snowed. The point is, October seems to be a forebearer as to how the winter is going to be or has been. What's interesting to me is that they say there's a mild El Nino. So it's actually going to be pretty warm winter here in the east, warm and wet because of the water of El Nino warms up the water. Yet the weather is cold here already. I mean, this is not this is uh, we we didn't go from uh, we went from the 70s down to the 40s. We didn't have any real 60s days, those nice 60s days where you wear your jean jacket. We didn't have that. We didn't have days in the 50s. It went pretty much 70s to 40s right away. It's like, wow, this is a little bit of a jump. That's kind of what happened. So we'll see if it's going to be a cold winter because, as I mentioned, you know, I remember a snowfall in uh, October 15th one year, and that was, I think, 96 or 97 where we had that brutal winter and a huge gargantuan snowfall. I think it was 1996. Um, I remember shoveling snow and I would shovel my driveway. I lived out in New Jersey at the time, the town called Scotch Plains. And by the time I was done shoveling, I had to shovel again. And then it just kept coming down and coming down. We had snow on the ground for like three or four months, lots of snow. It was crazy. Um, and I remember the first snow happened October 15th. And then that other year, 1989, I was wearing a T-shirt on October 26th to see the stone. So you never know what's going to happen. So we'll see a little weather trivia for you. Uh, what's happening elsewhere in the guy's guy's land, guy's guy's world, you know, guy's guy. What is a guy's guy? Well, kind of an updated man's man, but not macho. More of the best aspects of a guy and fitting today's times, today's crazy changing times. So casual confidence unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, timeless style, and a lot of fun. That's kind of what a guy's guy is. And we're putting it all out there through the filter of the guy's guy on the show, Guys Guys Radio. We've had 320 podcasts to date. They're all free. You can catch them all on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. I would ask if you could, if you want to support the show and the work I'm doing, because I'm kind of bootstrapping this right now until we get a corporate sponsor or a serious radio or a terrestrial radio deal. I'm doing this with my producer, Ryan, and he's been super helpful and, uh, and I'm very appreciative of his work and the work we're doing on guys, guys, radio and all my guests, 320 shows. I've had a couple of duplicate guests, but for the most part, I'd say we've had about close to 300 different guests and we're putting information out there for you to consider. You do what you want. You make your choice. I'm just bringing it to you and then you can do what you want with it. So anyhow, guys, guys, radio, you can download all of the podcasts for free. If you want to support the show, I would ask you to consider a couple of things. One, buy my novel, the guys, guys, guy to love. It's a rom-com. It's been called the male sex in the city. It's a lot of fun. You can check out the reviews on Amazon um, and see if it's for you. Um, also, if you go to iTunes and you give us a rate or review or subscription uh, for guys, guys, radio, that really bumps us up and really helps. And that doesn't cost you anything. Consider that. 
What else is happening? Well, if you're a sports fan like me, you've got the NFL in full swing now. A lot of people play fantasy football like I do. Crazy year is always for fantasy football. You think you have the lockdown greatest team, and then all of a sudden things, the wheels come off, and you have all different kinds of new players showing up. Adrian Peterson comes back from who knows where, and he's 94 yards rushing against the Cowboys today. Crazy stuff happening all over the NFL. Uh, hard to predict. So another topsy-turvy season, and it's kind of NFL is kind of a balanced league. They have a lot of parity there, though it looks like the Rams are the best team. They're 7-0, and the only undefeated team. In the NBA, the season just kicked off. Already there's been a couple of uh, skirmishes. Last night you had LeBron James's debut in L.A. as an L.A. Laker, and of course, and they got into a squabble with the Houston Rockets. Supposedly one of the Lakers, uh, Rondo, uh, spit at Chris Paul, so you have two stars spitting at each other now. It's really bad news. And then there was a melee after that. We've got the World Series coming up. It's the Boston Red Sox against the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's like... That's like the worst thing if you're a Yankees fan. The only thing worse was when the Boston Red Sox played the Mets in the World Series. <clears throat> I'm a big Yankees fan. And that why and I actually of all ironies, I had tickets to all four games through business for the Red Sox and Mets. And I saw that game where they, they hit the ball through Bill Buckner's legs and the Mets came back and won and then they I saw the next day, the next night they beat Roger Clements in the seventh game and I was like, Wow. Too bad it wasn't the Yankees. And now the Red Sox are back in the World Series. They're pretty amazing. If they won, win this World Series, it would be four since the year 2000. Pretty amazing. The Dodgers were in it last year. They lost in the seventh game to the, the Houston Astros. And uh, I think it's going to be a good series. I'm glad the Dodgers got in. Even though the Brewers were a fun team, the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't think they would have done too well against Boston. I don't think they would have matched up. They were the Cinderella team, which is good. But, the, you know, the Red Sox, they won 108 games. I think it's going to be a competitive World Series. My pick, I can't, I don't want to make me, I might have to get sick in my trash can if I have to pick the Red Sox. So I'm going to say hopefully the Dodgers can pull it out in seven because I I don't have, well, since they don't have guys like Ron Say and Steve Garvey anymore going way back, um, I'm okay with them now. And they came close last year and uh, I'll be okay if they won. So even though they're another one of those institutional teams like the Yankees, like the Cowboys, like the Celtics, like the Lakers who win a lot. So a lot of, a lot of people don't like these teams, but uh, I don't, I don't mind some of them. I like the Yankees. The Dodgers are okay. I don't really have a big problem unless they play the Yanks in the world series. So anyhow, that's that. We've got the midterm elections coming up and hopefully there'll be a big turnout no matter which side of the fence you're on. And everybody seems to be on one side or the other. Big time, bigly, uh, you've got to vote. There's so much, uh, you know, complaining about uh, Trump getting in, yet only 50% of people voted, of eligible voters voted. Got to get out there and vote. The best way to complain is vote. Make your voice heard, vote. Whoever you vote for, doesn't matter, vote. That's all I can say. And if you have a strong uh, sense about this, as a lot of people do, and a lot of people who are anti Trump, then get out there and vote and flip the House and flip the Senate, and then uh, maybe we can get some things done. But uh, if you don't do that, if you don't vote, you know, and leave it just to complaining, that's not good. So get out there and vote. Uh, elsewhere, um, I am 44 weeks into my uh, – I developed this thing called the process of elimination diet. I've uh, mentioned it a few times on air. Basically, I'm developing this diet uh, with a couple of different levels. 
One is you give up something every month. And then another one is you give up something every week. So I figured, gee, that's 52 things. Let me try that. I'll put myself to the test. So this year I put myself to the test. I've given up something to eat for 44 weeks now. And it's been a trip because now I'm running out of things to give up. I just gave up pizza last week. This week, I, this morning, I'm like, okay, what do I give up? I, uh, my my uh, lovely wife, she made some uh, organic, uh, really great French toast and uh, said, you want French toast? I'm like, I have to go check my list to see if I can eat it. Fortunately, I could eat French toast. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll save that. But And then I think, why would I give up French toast? It's not bad for you if you get really good fibrous bread and you use uh, pasture-raised eggs and some organic vanilla just for a little flavoring. There's nothing wrong with it. So I'm not going to give up French toast. But I figured, okay, I got to give up something this week. I'm going to give up jam. And jam, although we use organic jam in my household, it's basically fruit. Uh, you know, fruit has a lot of sugar, so I'll cut that out. So between now and the end of the year, no more jam. Um, so if I have some peanut butter, no jam with it. Peanut butter is going to be tough. I only eat uh, 100% Valencia peanuts organic, uh, but I love peanut butter. I don't know about you guys out there, but it's really great. And if I go a couple days without it, I start climbing the walls. But what I found in this diet is uh, by giving up something every week, it only gives you a week to jones about the thing you just gave up because the following week you have to give something else up. And then after a while, you're like, I don't want to blow this diet because I, I developed it and I want to run with it after this. And uh, I don't want to start over again either. So I've been doing it. And the first thing I gave up, I figured start with a real tough one. I gave up alcohol uh, and I'm a social drinker. I, I don't mind a little tequila now and then or a beer or a glass of wine. And I started that January 1st. And then the next week I, I switched it off. I was like, okay, no alcohol. I'll have some ice cream. And then I was like, aha, ice cream is replacing alcohol. So I quit that. And then I was like, hmm, cherry pie. Then pie was replacing ice cream. I quit that. Then cake, oh, get rid of cake, get rid of candy, get rid of cookies and so on. And I realized that it's sugar. I've done everything I can to start eliminating sugar from my diet. And what I found is the most striking thing besides the weight, I've lost over 20 pounds and it's kept off. I hit my low today of 175 on the nose um, is that I have lost the craving for sugar for the most part, a little jam now and then, but I'm cutting that now. So interesting to see, see what happens with this thing. I've only got, I'm rounding the turn towards the end of the year and I am going to have a good time on new year's Eve. So, <laughs> so, but I, actually I think I will probably continue to give up a lot of these things that I gave up that weren't good for me. I'm just not going to bring them back again. Some things I will, a lot of things I won't. So it's really interesting. I'll be blogging about it and putting it into a book, book I'm working on. I'm going to put the process of elim elimination diet into it. So our special guest, Denise Alexander Pyle, she's written this book. It's called The Power of Ten, One and then in parentheses, Zero, which is the Golden Rule and then Ten Commandments, a guide to living the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule in modern times. And a lot of it is about the Kabbalah and teachings from the Kabbalah that uh, have weaved their way into the New Testament from the Old Testament. It's very interesting, and I think she did a great job with it. And I'm going to bring her out in a moment. But first, let's take a very quick break. You're listening to the Guys Guys Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. As I told you, we have a special guest. We're going to talk about 
the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule. And this is a time where we could use both of them because uh, society's pretty uh, rough around your edges these days. And there's a lot of finger pointing going back and forth and a lot of ill will and divisiveness. And, you know, you have to admit, a lot of it's coming from the top. If uh, we don't have a uniter in place, we have a disruptor. And disruption is good, and I think our country needed some disruption, but not not when it comes to uh, being mean-spirited. And uh, So we have to find a way of balancing things out and getting some good things done. So we'll see what happens with these midterm elections. But in the meantime, let's talk about the Ten Commandments. So let me tell you a little bit about Denise. She's, uh, after 40 more years than as a successful lawyer in Birmingham, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit faced she faced family demands that brought her back to Marion, Indiana. And it was there after limiting her legal practice to a minimum that she elected to focus on her book that had long been incubating. During the two years when Denise taught Sunday school in the 90s to 15-year-olds at a Reformed Jewish temple, her passion for Judeo-Christian ethics and living the Ten Commandments in a world gone array crystallized. It accumulated in her book, The Power of one, zero, or 10, a guide to living the Ten Commandments in modern times. The zero is in parentheses because she believes that even without the Ten Commandments, we have the golden rule to guide us as the underlying principle for all we do. She incorporates these principles into her life. Community public service are important to her. She served as a planning commissioner for two different communities, a councilwoman, and on several nonprofit and professional boards. She has received the Circle of Hope Award for her service to families and victims of child abuse. And she's a very interesting person. And uh, I connected with her on Facebook and through uh, uh, email. And she's very, very nice. So let's bring her on right now, Denise Alexander Pyle. Hi, Good Robert. evening and welcome. Hello there, Denise. How are you? And welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Well, thank you for having me. I look forward to this all week long. I, uh, that's really sweet of you to say, and I appreciate it. So what, as I said, we want to bring out new ideas, new things for people to think about and to consider to make their lives. When men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So let's get right to it. Um, you've developed this book. It's a very special book. Again, The Power of One Zero, Power of Ten. Um, what was, tell us a little bit, I, I gave a little bit of a background on you, but what kind of flipped the switch is your inspiration, inspiration for writing this particular book? And the second part of that question is, how did you actually, what did you do to compile this book? You said it's been incubating, incubating for a while. What was your process like? Um, well, basically, the book, after I started teaching, and it was like 1990, the thought of the Ten Commandments, my dog just decided to bark. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so, Georgia, quiet. Anyway, um, so I said, she never does that. So anyway, I started, I was teaching, and I would write op-ed pieces from time to time, and I would always think about the Ten Commandments and how they applied in that particular thought process. Gee, if we lived the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't be doing this or doing that. And then in 2010, my husband was in Florida for the winter. I was still in Michigan practicing law, and I sat at the computer, and the book actually it was like a channel. You sit at the typewriter and all of a sudden the thoughts started pouring out. Before I knew it, after four weekends, I had a very long sermon. And it sat then for a long time until mm-hmm. two years ago when I had time to actually go back and look at it and put it into a format that people would actually want to read it as opposed to sounding like Abraham Hicks, you know. Right, right. So... 
So and that's so then it, it really was a process of sitting down, you know, um, finding quotes that encompassed the thought that I had, and 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 putting it together um, to be fun as well as meaningful. Because, you know, we all want to be inspired. And I wanted a book that would sit on a nightstand and be an inspirational book that would help people live the best version of, this, of their life in this lifetime. Perfect, perfect. So um, tell us about, uh, for the sake of our audience, and even for myself, because I've heard so much and know some things about the Kabbalah, but uh, I think a lot of people are curious about it, but they don't really understand what all, uh, you know, what, what do you mean, Kabbalah? What, what, what is that? So why don't you tell us well, a little bit about it? Well, first of all, and the book is really Kabbalah light. I use it as an overview. It's not really a book about Kabbalah. But Kabbalah is an ancient Jewish wisdom that I was told recently that Moses actually stole from the Egyptians. But, that's an, but it explains the eternal laws of how spiritual energy moves through the cosmos and it's depicted by the tree of life and the tree of life is like a Jacob's ladder that goes from heaven to earth and there are 10 spheres that each corresponds with the divine aspect of ourselves as we evolve on the planet and interestingly if you look at the 10 commandments you start from the first commandment you go down to the 10th commandment it's going from heaven to earth as how we live our life and what they mean. So they, they so I, I saw the cor, the correlation between each spear out and each commandment, and that, and then I used the attribute of the tree of life as sort of a theme for that commandment. Okay, good. Uh, thank you. Very very clear. Um, do you think that today is a be, a good better time than in the past, a worse time in the past, or um, a pivotal crossroads, as you mentioned, or what, what do you think about the modern times we're living in and, uh, you know, as it pertains to your book and just overall what's happening? Do you think like in the past was a lot better or this is the best time ever or the future is going to be a lot better than now or it's up to us? Well, I'm, or, or... I'm an eternal optimist and I think that um, we're at a pivotal time. And, you know, if you look at the answer to everything you ever wanted to know can be found in nature. I, the quote I remembered from the movie The Air Up There with uh, Kevin Bacon, everything goes yep, back to yep. Kevin Bacon. So, <laughs> but it's true. Um, if you burn down a forest, you know, you get a new, the, the nuts pop open and they seed a new, better forest down the road. Sometimes you have to tear it down for it to be the best it needs to be. Sometimes you need to, you know, have a major shift to evolve. And I think we're at an evolutionary point in our life. And this book is, you know, designed to help each individual be the best they can be, see how it all works, because I think the rules were given to us and they've been there all along. It doesn't matter if you think Moses or an extraterrestrial gave us the handbook. These are the rules. And we need them to pick up the pieces. So I look at it that I'm here to help us transition to the next stage of uh, planet Earth. Now, you said uh, something interesting there, uh, two things I picked up on. One was, uh, you know, that the book was kind of channeled through you. And then you mentioned extraterrestrials. So could you talk to us a little bit about um, who do you think you channel through? And then what do you think the role is of uh, extraterrestrials in our 
in our society. Do you believe that well, they've I, been here forever and then, you know, they messed around with human DNA, like a lot of people are saying now? And, and when you channel, separate question, are you channeling specific guides or they just can't come to you and you don't know where it came from? Well, I believe in God and I believe there is one, one higher being that sort of is the source of all. But that doesn't mean I don't believe that there aren't, that he doesn't delegate or she doesn't delegate. You know, if you go through time, I mean, you know, there, there is a hierarchy. There is a structure. We just don't know it. Um, sometimes I do think we're a Petri dish and, you know, they haven't allowed us to contact the rest of the outside world because we aren't evolved enough to, you know, communicate. If we capture yep. one, we'll dissect it, you know. But um, I believe... You, You'd be naive to think there isn't other forms of higher intelligence in the universe. It's too big. I mean, so it's just a question of where we fit in at our stage in the evolutionary process. I don't know. You got it. But, um, the, book, but the book came to me, and when I say channel, it was automatic writing. It's, I believe we all have the ability um, to, to be um, receivers for all the knowledge that's out in the universe. It's just, are you tuned into the frequency? And that day I must have been tuned into the frequency of a message that needed to go out to the world. All right, one more question on that part, and then we can get into the specifics of the book. What, what do you think uh, people need to do, or what are some tips for helping them um, raise their frequency? Um, I think, for one, I think you have to go inside. I think that's in the Ten Commandments. I think that part of keeping the Sabbath holy is reflection, renewal, and allowing yourself to, to listen, to hear yourself. I mean, we don't, we're so bombarded with messages from social media, television, um, everywhere, that we really don't focus on knowing that the answers can be received by all of us. Yeah, you think about it, in the 18, late 1800s, the automobile was invented in different parts of the world at the same time by people who didn't communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like with, uh, with music and other things where once it's out there, it's, it's, it's out there. As Neville Goddard said, you know, the only, if you imagine it, it already exists. It's a matter of pulling it in and making it happen, I guess, right? Well, Mozart. I mean, it's, we can't, it's just, but we have to also recognize we all have our own special gifts. And so you have to be attuned to your own gifts. I was 16 years old when I um, incorporated into my thought process the concept of the brain as a receiver and that everything you need to know is in the universe if you just tune in. And, you know, I'm not great at doing it any more than anyone else. You know, I have to focus. I get distracted. But I think we have much more capability than we use, and I think that's part of our next evolution. Our energy, we're stuck in oil. To me, it, should have, it was buried in the ground for a reason. There are much better, higher forms of energy that we haven't even begun to use, electromagnetic energy being one of them. Yep, I totally agree with you. Um, 
when you go through the Ten Commandments and you and throughout your book, um, did you find that the, the the sequence in the listing one to ten and kind of going from one to another was anything happening there? Is there some type of pattern in place? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, it it tells you how to live life. You start out um, with the first commandment: "I am the Lord your God." You're, so that's your connection with God, you know, your so, yourself and each other. That's the Trinity. It's also about love and respect. You can't have a relationship and evolve on this planet and be the best you can be if you don't um, love yourself in a way that allows you to love other people and allow yourself to be loved. And, you know, and when you know that the only judge of any of us is an unseen higher um, being that you're a part of, you know, it, it keeps you in a better focus than if your judgment is your, what your friend next door is doing. Yeah. Um, so you go through that, and then you go, have no other gods before me. There's a reason that's the second commandment. It's really about what keeps us um, evolving, not the things that are material, but the things that are grace, service, gratitude, the things we do um, that keep us in connection with our source and not grounded. Because, you know, when we get stuck with acquisition of, you know, monetary things or we worship celebrities or, you know, politicians or sports figures, you know, we... We lose we lose a piece of ourselves because you know we we need to rely on ourselves and we need to be recognized that you know that will create hell on earth is when you get caught up in that uh, mouse down in the wheel trying to get more right. and more and you yeah so I mean so that to me is about what not to do then you go into don't um, misuse the name of God. That's really about taking responsibility and not blaming somebody else. You know, don't blame God. Don't blame your neighbor. Own up to what you need to do. We're here to um, make peace, not war. And how many wars in this world are based upon my God is different than your God? I don't think that's what God would have wanted you to do because there's only one God. So, you know, and it's, so I think it's really about, okay, now we know we love ourselves. We, we realize that material things aren't what it's about. We take responsibility. And now, you know, okay, keep the Sabbath holy. Reflect, renew. What kind of week did I have? Did I do a good job? Well, maybe next week I can do it better. Take time to meditate, go within, have sacred time away from the television, the TV, the um, computer, the iPhone, and make special time with your family. And I think the only reason people pray in a group is because you also put out your intentions to make things happen. You create. Well, when yep. you do it with groups, it magnifies. I mean, I don't know if you've ever masterminded or been a part of a mastermind group, but when you put your intentions out with more people, you know, it's exponential. So prayer is supposed to be praising, you know, the life that was given to us, which is a gift. And when you do it in a group, it's just more rewarding. So that, to me, is all about really the Sabbath. Um, but, it's, you know, it's, 
It's making that special space each week and looking back, gee, life is good. How can I make it better this next week? Sort of like your diet. When you give something up, you know, yep. you're reflecting on what you did last week. Yep. Um, uh-huh. Honor your father and mother. It's about balance. Mm-hmm. You can't live a life without balance. It takes a man and a woman to create a life. Um, how do we honor our parents? By being the best parents ourselves in what we teach our own children, to be examples for them. Um, It's about the feminine and masculine. I mean, what's wrong with our planet today? We're out of balance in so many aspects. And, you know, it's not extremes. Everything's supposed to be a complement, not an opposite. And and that's what what this commandment's about, keeping everything in balance. Mother Earth, you know, is just as important as a light energy that, you know, creates life here and respecting it. Um, do not kill. Oh, my God. I mean, it's not just killing a person. It's killing dreams. It's killing um, someone's spirit. You know, by the, so it's about creating. And in every commandment is its opposite. So if it tells you not to do something, what's it telling you to do? It's telling you to live. Um, nurture people. Do the best you can do with your life. That's the beauty, and that's the actually the attribute in the tree of life is beauty. What could be better than to do things that that make life more beautiful? Yeah, art, music. Um, so then you go into do not commit adultery. These are the next thing. It's about our commitments that we make to each other, and having the courage to follow through. Starting with yourself. You know, how many promises do we make that we don't keep? And, uh, you know, we start a new year with new uh, resolutions that most of the time we don't keep. This whole, you can't build trust in relationships if you don't honor your commitments and stay pure in your own um, thought process. You know, and so, you know, and we keep going through how we live a better life through each of these attributes. Do not steal. It's about justice. It's about charity. It's about not just stealing. You know, people say, oh, I don't steal from someone else. I mean, we steal time from ourselves. You know, how much do we not, do we steal in our own life that we, that we don't um, do what we're supposed to do again? It's a different kind of a commitment. It's about um, when you steal love from someone by saying you love them and you don't, you know, it's, but it's also all of our systems steal, unfortunately, today. Um, and I grew up with the principle, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, tan staffle. It's supposed to be give and take. I mean, you, you give, and I say give and receive, because taking without permission is, is not a good thing. And our whole system today is based upon people taking without regard for what they give back. You know, it's about, char- again, charity is giving back. Um, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Well, you can't have it's being honest in everything we do. Again, starting with ourselves. You know, and where do we draw the line? Today in fake news, I don't know what's real. You can find anything on Facebook to support any position. So it's learning to discern truth and sticking with the truth and not 
spreading rumors about other people, not um, not lying to another person, because we can't build foundation, we can't build a government, we can't build a world that we aren't honest with what we need to do to make the world a better place. And then, yeah, when you get down to the last commandment, it's do not cover your neighbor's belongings. Well, your joy and contentment is living your own life. You spend your life living somebody else's life or worrying what someone else is doing. That's not your journey. You can't enjoy your own life. That's their journey. So, you know, it's all about how you start from heaven and get down to earth and all the attributes you need in order to be the best version of yourself. Oh, well, well done. Uh, Perfect. Um, And you also boil it all down to, if you're going to take one thing away, um, that the golden rule, and you start the book out with it right in the uh, acknowledgements right up front. What, what, tell us about the golden rule and why, if you remember one thing from this book or reminded of one thing from this book, it would be this. Well, to me, the golden rule really is about love, our oneness with one another. As you do unto others, so do you do unto yourself, or do, as, do unto others that you would have done unto you. So it's really about if you love God, love yourself, love each other, it's going to come back full circle, and you're going to be part of the fabric. We're all beautiful strands, vibrant fibers, in a tapestry that is amazing. And we just have to understand, we have to each be that perfect thread to make a greater whole. And so the golden rule is, you know, just be the, you know, just do and be the best you can be. And everything else will follow. Now, you talk to us uh, about also the, the, the light that people have. Um, one of the things you say is the lighter we become, the more joy we can experience. Um, to me, uh, I could extrapolate that is into um, the, what we need to do is recognize, and I think if everybody did this, the world would be a better place. Recognize the divinity in every human being, no matter what their behavior is, the fact that you know, we're all connected and uh, everybody's just on their journey and it's, some people are way off base, but it's not for us to judge. You don't let people trample on you or rob you or hurt you or anything, but recognize the divinity in mankind. And that could be, I guess, another word of saying the light. Could you talk to us about the light and what that actually is in, uh, from your perspective, uh, Denise? From my perspective, um, we are the combination of the light energy um, that comes from or emanates from what I call source or God or the universe. And, but we're physically made up of matter, the, chemis- the chemicals and things that are of earth, that are the dust that stays behind. But our soul is the light. And there was a great book when um, I read The Bowl of Light, and it was by Hank Wesselman. And the premise is that we all come here as bowls of light. And while we're here, rocks fill our bowl, and you dump the bowl so that your light shines forth. So, I mean, we are all light beings. And, but in order to experience all the things and evolve on this planet and make the planet better, because that's why we're here, plus we get to experience great food and music and all these wonderful sensory experiences. But, you know, but we're all made up of the same light source. And when we end, you know, we come back together as one big light being 
um, you know, that where our souls, you know, merge with one another, so to speak. And, you know, so that's my version of light. And so the light, the Ten Commandments is, to me, we are here to stay in the light. You have to choose. We have free will. Because, um, and the choice is, how do we stay in the light? What keeps us going back to our light source and not getting stuck in our matter self? Because, you know, we've seen all these movies depicted of hell where they're, you know, stuck in the ground or, you know, in a fiery furnace. Or, um, but that's, you know, it's not being caught up in the physical. And so, the, and so that's the, my version of light. You know, it's, a, it's uh, that okay. energy, it's the spark. And one of the other things, I think, and I think we're all basically light beings. You know, when you, they depict death, the light comes up and goes into right. heaven. But okay. we're a mixture um, on earth. We're a mixture on earth. So what are some of the behaviors that people can do to keep their light shining as brightly as possible? Um, I Well, it's very simple. I mean, and you have commandment. It's all the things that keep you flowing, that keep you in movement. You don't get, you don't hoard. You, you give as much as you receive. Charity is important. Um, you know, look at your, I gave commitments at the end of each chapter of things that you can do in your um, day-to-day life that helps you to stay connected and, and to, um, serves the confirmation um, of changes you can make day to day. So, for example, for the um, uh, second commandment, you know, which is the, you know, um, no other guys before me, go in your closet and see all the designer things you bought that you had to have that don't do anything for you. Give them away. Find, but find real charitable per- um, purposes for them. It makes you feel good when you do that. You know, take stock of what really isn't important. When you, when you count your friends, you know, and call on your friends, what can you do for a friend today that would make their life better? You know, one thing, this lightens you up because you're, when you lift somebody else's to help someone else's burdens, you're lifting your own as well. I mean, these are things that lighten you up. It's material things. I think we all like nice things, but what are things that, you know, you can do for others? I think you feel lighter. The more you give, the more you get has always been my philosophy. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you completely. Um, how about this, Denise? You mentioned, uh, and, uh, you know, you're articulating, explaining uh, kind of what some what the commandments really represent. It's not just literally the short, um, the short version of a lot, what a lot of people think, you know, thou shalt not kill. It's not just people. It could be ideas and uh, uh, dreams and whatever. So you're, you're taking, I love the way you take it. Uh, you expand on what this specific um, literal uh, words say uh, in the commandments. Let's take that uh, same notion and talk about Adam and Eve. Cause that's an area where I think a lot of people get tripped up on is the Bible real or not. I mean, uh, you know, the Bible was written, the New Testament was written hundreds of years after uh, Jesus passed. And uh, some people, I had a guest on last week, and she claimed, you know, Jesus is a character. And I was like, well, you know, I thought there was an actually historical person named Jesus. Now, whether 
Christ consciousness and Jesus are not necessarily the same thing. And people get all hung up on all this stuff, but, and that includes Adam and Eve, where they real people with the rib and everything and the tree and what's the tree and the snake. And I think people literally, they look at that and they say, what? Or they totally just, you know, believe it hook, line and sink or whatever, which is not bad either. But you have a, 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 I think a very rational interpretation of what that story represents. Well, um, if I can read, imagine that Adam and Eve are particles of light in a perfect state, not yet of this plane. Rather than simply existing in the ethers as pure life essence, they chose to actually experience life so that it had context. And in order to do so, they needed a physical framework. And so Adam and Eve ate the fruit to know life, and know life is in italics to open their eyes, not just to see, but to be aware and have confirmation of their own existence. And once they did so, they became like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. They're now out of the Garden of Eden trying to find their way home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's my sort of allegory of Adam and Eve and the Tree of Knowledge. But, you know, it's interesting because I describe myself as a New Way Jew. I've studied mm-hmm. metaphysics since I was 14. I was raised Jewish, and I you know, still um, consider myself Jewish, but I accept Jesus. And the, I'm married to a Quaker, and, the, and as you call it, Christ consciousness, because it makes sense. The, if you look at the historical time, you know, they, the people were not acting out of love, and that was the missing piece. And I still think overriding, that's what we're seeing in this planet today, that we're not really acting out of love. We're acting out of, as I say, the difference, the I am versus I am is not me. We've been focused on me and that really how we are all part of God. And if I'm part of God and you're part of God, well, then I've got to respect your boundary, just like you have to accept, respect mine. Got it. Okay, great explanation. Tell us a little bit about, just got a couple more questions. Um, how you, uh, it's kind of the template you used for each chapter, where, uh, you know, so, you know, each chapter is kind of set up in a similar format, and there's a rationale behind it. And I think it's, it could be something of interest and important to uh, our listeners who are considering buying your book. Because it's very utilitarian. Well, well, for one, I, you know, I, as I said, each chapter, um, besides being about a commandment, also ties the theme of the tree of life, such as have no other gods before me, is based upon the Hebrew word chokmah, or the spirit, which is wisdom. And so I kind of tie that, how wisdom applies to not having false, worshiping false gods, false promises. Um, you know, because true wisdom can be found within each of us, and that's the whole point of not worshiping false gods because you have to find your own pathway. So, for example, my commitment in that particular chapter, name five people whom you admire and list the reasons why. Do these people inspire you to find your true purpose or serve as a diversion away from your path? Do you give God the same admiration? Make a, and then it's make a list of five things you've purchased in the past year that you bought because they were the new hot item or you had to have them. How do you feel about them now? 
and then go through your possessions, donate or throw away 20%. The whole point is that we have the tools we need to be the best version of ourselves. We need to find joy at the end of the day is what you want, joy and contentment in your life. But, and, and you want to do it in a way that, you know, it's, you know, when you left this planet, did I make it a better place than I found it? Because that's really what we're supposed to do, whether it's mm-hmm. through having children or making the world better for other people's children. Are you giving more than you're taking? And look around, how many of us are really doing that? And we feel so much better at the end of our life when we think we've, we made a difference. And these are little rules that help you make a difference and make you mindful. I guess that's really it. I think we have the ability on this planet to be fabulous, every one of us. You know, I have, I'm the eternal optimist. In, the, in looking at a world right now that I go, oh, my God, please. You know, I want Jesus to come tomorrow if there's supposed to be a second coming, you know, because we need a wake-up call. And that's what I tried to do a little bit with my book, either be a tune-up or a wake-up. You also have uh, like the Ten Commitments also. So talk to us about some of the commitments. Um, I don't want to say verses, but in addition to the there's commandments and then there's, then there's commitments. The commi- well, the commitments, as I said, are the self-directed exercises consisting of queries and tasks to help you get insight into the many ways, however small they may be, that we, pra- that we can practice the Ten Commandments. And we all know by making minor changes, we can positively shift our, our patterns. Thoughts, you know, thoughts to action, and that's really what it's intended to be. Because, you know, for, in order to create or do, you know, people think, um, you know, that with all these laws of attraction, it's not just wishing for something, and, but it's putting, you know, it's putting action to them to your intention, but for positive purposes, for the good of the whole. And, and when you do it, you know, with that intention for, to make the world better, to give back, you know, it's going to make a difference. Fantastic. Okay. This is Guys Guys Radio. Our special guest is Denise Alexander-Pyle. We're talking about her book, The Power of... 10, a guide to living the 10 commandments in the golden rule in modern times. You have an interesting illustration that I think you painted for the f- cover. It looks like two tablets opened up with uh, ge- geometric uh, patterns on them with uh, different colored dots and uh, some uh, lines. One is, it looks like a couple of crosses in there and then some other lines. Uh, looks like a pentagon. Uh, tell us about How about a star, about David? All right. Okay, well, star, David. The, it. it is a star. It, it is the, ta- the tablets representing the Ten Commandments, but t- instead of listing one through five on the right side and five and six through ten on the left side, I took the Tree of Life and put the Got top it. half of the Tree of Life on the right side, which depicts mm-hmm. the top five spheres. And mm-hmm. then on the second side is the bottom half of the Tree of Life. And if you drew a line, I noticed, um, into... An imaginary line. You create. You saw Sarah David, and I yeah. saw okay. a cross on the other. So I was showing, you know, this um, sort of Judeo-Christian is within the tree of life. Both, you know, it, it's 
And um, it's sort of the metaphysical overview of the Ten Commandments. So I think that my book, by doing that, I think in the art, my book has found appeal both in the metaphysical bookstores and the Christian bookstores because it's really designed to be universal and to be read by everybody. Okay. Um, what's uh, next for, for you, Denise? Well, I thought about writing. I was a divorce attorney. I still am I, for 42 years. The Ten Commandments of Divorce, How to End Your Marriage Without Sacrificing Your Soul. Oh, and, I like but I'm, but I'm also seeing that I think I need to write a political book. I was, I've been in politics all my life as well. And I think that the Ten Commandments need to be applicable in their meaning and how we govern ourselves. Now, I used to say government needed to shrink. Now I say government needs a shrink. I mean, if you look at it, the <laughs> ego, the ego side and has taken over the um, the whole uh, government, and it's not for good on any side. I mean, I don't. It used to be it wouldn't matter if you came from the right or the left. Um, common sense and compassion generally got you to a nice result, and we don't see that today. Yeah, it's a pretty sad state of affairs. Um, you know, because a lot of people who believe that you know that less government is better. Unfortunately, what has happened with when you have sometimes less government or less regulations, then people get greedy, uh, whether it's business and uh, using the, with the environment or just bending the rules to just get ego more. And and just greed. Become, yep. Ego and greed is out of balance. Well, that's what I used to say. The problem with socialism is socialism. The problem with capitalism are capitalists, the greed and ego. And, right. you know, I believe in capitalism with a cap. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I had a capitalism with a cap. You need yep. to have you need to have rules and regulations against greed and ego. If people live by the Ten Commandments, which is you know, um, thou shalt not steal, and you know, you wouldn't need all the regulations. And that's the point. If we lived in a world where everybody applied these standards and, and didn't accept them, they'd be shunned. You wouldn't do business. I mean, in the old days ancient times you were excommunicated if you didn't abide right. by the you know these it's it's life's ethics there's the rules for the road and the reason i take them into layers because if we all live by them we wouldn't need a lot of government but unfortunately human nature being what it is you know we have the problems we have and it's time you know it's as i said there ain't no such thing as a free lunch on either side i see the positives and negatives from both sides of the aisle's arguments. Nobody wants to see their own shortcomings. And I consider myself, depending on an issue, varying shades of purple. The issues are gray. And when people try to make everything so black and white, you know, it's, and paint everybody in a corner and try and divide us, you know, divide and conquer is, is a way to destroy a, a country. And we need to find all the ways that we believe and come together on, on all the issues that we can find common ground. And there's so much of it. Most of us, I don't think, are that far apart in what we want. As I say, compassionate common sense. I mean, and that's what's, mat- 
And we have a duty to make this world better and, and leave a legacy for the next generation. As a whole, we are stealing to, from the next generation, not just you know, the budget, but our resources, clean air, water, wildlife, yeah, this oh. is, these are all violations of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I don't know which commandment this comes under, but the um, politics of fear, where fear has been weaponized uh, to keep people basically cowering and afraid and, and demonizing others. Like, that's the problem, you know. They're coming How about, to get you. Do use the name of God. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Yep. Well, I think we're on the same side uh, politically, but uh, let's let's just get back to the book momentarily. Why don't you tell us, Denise, where they can learn more about you and uh, buy your book and your website and social media and all that kind of stuff? My web? Are you? Am I back? Is my earphone? Yes, you're back. Can you hear me? Okay, because yep. I accidentally dropped my phone. I um, it's www.denisealexanderpile.com is the website. My book is on Amazon and Kindle, and Balboa Press is the publish, self-publisher publisher. Um, I can be found on my Facebook page, Denise Alexander Pyle. Author is the page itself for the book, but Denise Alexander Pyle. And pretty much that's my handle for I'm learning Twitter and Instagram and how to use buffer and all these things. I'm a newbie because I'm an old dinosaur, but I'm working on building my social media. I do blog on my webpage and uh, try to add some positive thoughts for people at least a few times a week. So I'm learning to do it better. So that's where you can find me. All right. Well, I looked for you on Instagram as I was doing a promo and I saw there was two different versions. There was one, one was Denise Alexander Pyle. Another one was like, Pyle Alexander Denise or something like that. So I, well, you, I hashtag both the of them. <laughs> I haven't figured out because I have two Facebook accounts because I had my personal one and I had a set up one. I can't yeah. seem to get Instagram linked to the right one. So I, and I'm still, that's my Man, goal because for Instagram will send to you fix. to the personal page, uh, but that's okay. And, I, and that's, and so I'm trying to figure it out because, when I tried to put buffer together so I could post on everything, it right. won't hit. It won't hit my Instagram. So I have. I'm going to have to do Instagram separate until I figure it out. So yeah, we'll have to try Hootsuite. Yeah, that takes time, and uh, you know, with Facebook, they have so many issues that they, you know, reaching an audience on Facebook. I mean, you can't even reach your friends. You can't even reach a tenth of your friends on Facebook anymore because they think everything's going to be some type of. Uh, plot on there by whoever it is so facebook is 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 great because it connects so but many in, different people but instagram, it's really tough to market on way, now no instagram yeah is instagram's good go. but it's owned by to, facebook <laughs> yeah and and that's what causes the problems because they keep you know um messing me up and there's nobody to call this all right can you walk me through how to fix this and try finding a lot no, of good luck with that Ask a college student. <laughs> You'll get all the help you, you need. Wait, what do you mean a high school student? They're just yeah, exactly. as good at it these days. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, this, this has been guys. picture all this, you know. Uh, listen, you're doing great. And uh, more to come, I hope. And the book is 
the power of one. Is it the power of ten or the power of one and it's then parentheses zero? It's the power, power of, of ten. It's the power of ten. Um, you know, I thought I was being cute, and all I did was confuse a bunch of people. I don't know. It works. A guide to living the, the Ten Commandments. The power of ten and the power of one. Yep. And the golden rule in modern times, Denise Alexander Pyle. Uh, thank you so much for being my guest and gracing us on Guys Guys Radio. We really enjoyed it. And all the best of luck with this book. I think it's a must read and you really are helping people with it. So keep up the great work and uh, let's stay in touch. Thank you so much, Robert. And I enjoyed listening to you, be, you know, while waiting to come on the show. You have lots of good perspective. Oh, well, thank you so much. And doing my best. And uh, we, we're here for the audience. And bringing good ideas for them to consider. So thanks again and uh, all the best and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. All right. Cool. Okay, folks, it's uh, I'm not going to take a second break because it's already been an hour. So uh, why don't we just wrap it up? Uh, this is guys, guys radio, your host, Robert Manny. We're going to be back. We're, uh, we do a sun. We do two shows a week. We do a Sunday night show at 8 PM and then we do a Wednesday night show at 7 PM, 7 PM. We're going to have a, uh, uh, Brent Michael Phillips. He's going to return to the show. He has a uh, uh, kind of a teaching called uh, 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 skill called awakening dynamics. And I, I had him on the show. I read his book and I'm like, this is cool. I'll tell you what, I'll sign up for it. I'll take the level one and then we'll bring you back on the show. So we're going to talk about that. And he's going to talk about some other stuff. It has to do with awakening dynamics and it's a, it's a, it's a healing modality and it's a uh, very interesting and, uh, He's a really cool guy and a very, very smart guy. So we're going to do that on Wednesday at 7. And we're booked throughout the rest of this year. And we're doing, again, two shows a week. And all the shows are live uh, from now till the end of the year. And then everything is free to download on um, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Blog Talk Radio. So anyhow, thanks for listening. And we're going to see you hopefully on Wednesday. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.